0: They said it's Independence Day, and so uh, this is a time, marked moment in time where we remember, and I see some of the red, white, and blue out here, and I know this is a patriotic church. I read a post uh, this morning, early, about 4 o'clock this morning, the Christian Post put out that only uh, 58% of churches in America are going to acknowledge this is Independence Weekend in America. That just kind of threw me off a little bit. And uh, and I was hoping it wasn't true, but then as I started to read the article, I was very, very disappointed in some of the reasons people said, you know, we don't do politics. Well, there's nothing political about living in the greatest nation in the world. Amen? Amen. And what I know about the miracle of America is that our founding fathers took the best ideas of humanity, and on, well, the, on their knees in prayer, history doesn't show this as often as it needs to, but days and weeks before the Declaration of Independence, the greatest breakup letter ever written. It was the greatest breakup letter because the, the colonies wrote to the king and said, we're breaking up with you, and we're no longer going to do the things that you're... There, there were 26 offenses listed in the Declaration of Independence that they said we are no longer going to participate in. And, and on prayer, this document came was birthed took the moral truths of Jerusalem, the reasoning of Athens, the sense of Rome, our sense of law from Rome and the sense of balances and checks and balances of London and they put it all together to create the greatest document, the greatest breakup letter in the world and that was the Declaration of Independence. It absolutely changed the entire world. That document Our Constitution is the longest in the history of of mankind, our Constitution is the longest document that has survived 246 years. We live in the greatest nation in the world. Amen. And if you don't believe that, well, go live somewhere else. Did I say that out loud? Oh, oh man. See eight o'clock or eight o'clock service. I could get away with more because they weren't streaming it. Now I gotta, uh, my wife, make sure you tag me over here, baby, when I'm when I get a little too out there, okay? Because now we're, welcome everybody online that's worshiping that here today, and please don't sue me. But as a nation, as a community, as families, as churches in America, we're at a crossroads. We have some decisions to make. You look at the chaos of the world and the things that are going on, we are at a crossroads. And I'm going to preach to you for the next 33 minutes, the next step. Everybody say the next step. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm ready to make the next step. Amen, amen. You know, the problem with America today, you see all the chaos and the evil, and you say, well, evil is running rampant, and the devils and demons are taking over the world. That, that's not true. Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. Evil does not have any position or power, only that which we give to it, only which we give into, only which we surrender to. Otherwise, evil has no power in our midst. Our challenge today for revival and renewal in America and liberty is not the devil, not the demons. It's our convenience, it's our comfort, and it's our conformity. I love the fact that Randy preaches here and the way he preaches and the ministry team preaches here that they, they always preach comfort for those that are afflicted. They always preach for the, those that are in need. I believe in America that every place of worship should be a triage center for everything broken in America. Amen? I believe that. And so I believe that, that when Randy preaches comfort and for the afflicted, but I also love the fact that Randy will also preach to inflict the comfortable. Look at your neighbor and say, I feel uncomfortable right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just apologize in advance. That I'm, I'm going to make you feel uncomfortable today when I'm preaching here today. I'm, that's my goal is to make you feel uncomfortable. I'm want, If you're here today and you need comfort, I'm going to do that as well. But I am here to inflict some uncomfortableness here. I find in, 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 in my study in my 57 years that there are three types of churches. There are three types of believers today. We have believers that are complacent. Where they're okay with the little patty cake for Jesus and just coming to church once a week. Don't ask me to do anything. Don't ask me to f- support the church. Don't, don't ask me to go to life group. Don't ask me to volunteer. It just, I'm complacent. I'm, I'm so heavily minded. I'm no earthly good. We, we have people like that. Believe it or not, none of y'all, because you're all here on a 4th of July weekend, you're the cream of the crop. So we're talking about the people that aren't here. We're, pe- we're talking about the people who are too lazy to come to church or watching online. Oh, did I say that out loud? <laughs> Brad, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I know you have good reasons for watching online. Please forgive me. Over, over 50% of the church is not registered to vote. You wonder why you got the chaos going in D.C. and Austin? It's because 50% of the church isn't even registered to vote. And of that 50%, there's approximately 90 million Christians that believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that are registered to vote. And of that 90 million, in the last presidential election, 25 million of those people didn't vote. How'd that work out? Those of you getting gas after church, I'm going to ask you, how'd that work out? I missed the mean tweeter when I was paying $2 a gallon of gas. (laughs) I'm in so much trouble. One in three believers only vote regularly. They have a policy of we see something, but we just don't say anything. Those are the compl- complacent people. Third group is the complicit people. These are people that are flying the flag of non-biblical worldviews. They, they bought into the lie of the separation of church and state when it's actually the separation of state from the church. The state can't come to tell the church what to do, but the church can certainly tell the government what to do. Amen. 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 Uh, we as Americans, we should not fear the government. The government should fear us. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm not even got into my sermon. This is my inter, inter, introduction mark. Just hold on. <laughs> we look at the days, you know, we, in the culture we live in. And again, it's the culture that says evil is good and good is evil. Demons don't do that. It's the culture that says evil is good and good is evil. Yes, we struggle against people that have this complicity, and and you look at some of the chaos and the things in the news. And I got to tell you, I've been news-free since January first, January twenty-first, two thousand and twenty-one. I I had to quit watching it. They call it breaking news for a reason. It was breaking me. And uh, to be able to to preach the good news and, and have a good attitude. I, I had to quit being broken down. So I, I get the alerts on my phone and breaking news, and I, I look at it. But I've I have not watched one hour thirty minute. Well, I'll take that back. I did watch a thirty eight minute program. ABC thirteen. They did a thing on my life, the whole janitor to judge thing, and it was supposed to go on at four nineteen. But Simone Biles flew in from the Olympics, interrupted my stuff. Go ahead. <laughs> And so I had to watch the news until for into 38 minutes. So that I, I have watched 38 minutes because I had to wait to 38 minutes to see what they said about me. And I was worried, and it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. And so you have the complicit people. But then you got the people that have courage. That are not afraid to be members of the I'm Not Ashamed Club. That are not afraid to say your views and be able to declare that Jesus is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, no matter if you're lying at Walmart or where you're just at work. And I'm not talking about thumping people in the head with the Bible, I'm talking about leave, living God, believing on Him as the Scriptures have said, and from our bellies will flow rivers of living water. Amen. Amen. Having the courage. What would happen in America if believers would use their influence and bring their convictions and beliefs to the public public square? Amen. You know what happens? It gave birth to the greatest breakup letter in the world, the Declaration of Independence, 246 years, when believers, flawed men, they weren't perfect. They were fractured. They did not do everything right. But they made themselves available to that marked moment in time. Even though it's chaotic, and even though there's things going on in this world, and, and we, all the, 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 the pro-life, pro-choice, all the issues that are going on, and I'm going to preach about this later, but we, we, we've got to stay focused on the fact that nothing, nothing. What does nothing look like? The word nothing. No thing. No thing is what the Apostle Paul said. He said, for I am persuaded that nothing, no thing, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor atheist federal lawsuits, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Somebody say amen. 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 No thing, nothing shall be able to separate us. And I, I can't say much about the federal lawsuit other than to say our, our appeal was heard in New Orleans in April. Uh, they said it will be two to six months before we hear something. I just want a decision, either fine for me or fine against me. I don't want to have to go back to Houston to start this over again. So I'm happy either way. And to God be the glory, his, his will is going to be done. Amen. 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 Turning your Bibles to Psalms 37. I love the fact that they're going to put the scripture up here, Psalms 37, chapter 23, but they're not going to put it on the screen because they want you to bring your Bible, look at your phone. Amen. Psalms 37, 23. Psalms 37 and 23. Amen. And the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. The King James Version says, and the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. The original text, if you're in your King James Version, you'll notice that word is italics because the translators put it in there to make it more grammatically correct. But it actually says in the original text, the steps of man are ordered of the Lord. The steps of mankind are ordered of the Lord. By the Lord and he delighteth in his way though he fall he shall not utterly be cast down for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. The King or the new international version says the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him and though he may stumble he will not fall for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Father, we thank you for everyone that's here today, everybody that's watching online. And we just pray in the holy name of Jesus that your will and your power and your purpose and your will be made manifest here today, that we'll listen to your word and that we will be prepared as a nation, as a community, as a family, as a husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, child, whatever the circumstance may be, that we'll be prepared to take the next step because we know we're at a crossroads, Lord. So we take dominion over everything that's unclean or untrue, and we exalt you, Lord, and speak all this to be done in the holy name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. Mayo Clinic says that the average American takes three to 4,000 steps a day, which is probably one of the reasons we're morbidly obese and one of the fattest nations in the world, because the Heart Association says we should take at least 10,000 steps a day. And... and On October 10th, it'll be two years ago, that um, during COVID, COVID COVID-19, for y'all, turned into COVID-25 for me. And I gained 25 pounds and ended up having a gallbladder attack in the middle of it. Thought I was having a heart attack. Got all scared. Thought I was going to die, Brad, and and brought me to the hospital. Did all kinds of tests. Come to find my gallbladder and other things were going on. Doctor says, Wayne, you really need to lose some weight. And so I started walking October 10th. It'll be two years. I started a mile day, and then I started two miles, and then I eventually got up to five miles, and um, I've lost 80 pounds uh, since I started that journey. <laughs> and I feel better and, 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 and everything, and as, as I remember making those, that, first, that first month, ooh, it was rough. <laughs> I, would, I, would tell, I would text my wife when I was leaving because I didn't expect to make it back. And, and uh, I wanted to know where I was in the event that I called nine one one, and uh, and 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 we look at David's life. David wrote this Psalm thirty seven, and he wrote it at in the latter years of his life when he was about to pass away. And he wrote this, and he says the steps of good of a good man, of the steps of man, are ordered of the Lord. Now, if you look at David's life, you see some things in his life that just weren't didn't look like they were very ordered he had some things go on in his life but but we can look at the principles that of david and and i just read a, a a deal from a professor and he was talking about just from a historical perspective the literature the story of david is is one of the most beautiful pieces of literature that talks about from going from nothing to everything and all the the messes in between that so the evidence kind of shows in David's life there's some contradiction. He didn't always look very ordered. In fact, in modern terminology, David was problematic. In one glaring failure, he, he actually stole a man's wife and then had that man murdered. Another situation, he, he refused to, he ignored the calls to justice. And when his daughter was assaulted by his own son, he, 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 he refused to do anything about it, eventually led to civil war and the nation of Israel became divided so the evidence sometimes didn't show that he was always taking the step that he needed to step sometimes it looked like he was stepping away from what god had called him to do and yet in all that in the old and new testament the bible says david was a man after god's own heart in the court of law you must present evidence to a jury or judge something i know about Uh, As I told you, I've been in office now uh, 2,985 days. I've had 92,000 cases processed in my offices. Uh, Everything from criminal, anything being written a law, uh, a um, citation for lawsuits, 20,000, evictions, truancy, uh, all kinds of things that we've processed in that time. And so I hear evidence on a regular basis. In a civil case, you must prove. The, with the preponderance of evidence you must tell you must the scales of justice must be weighed with the preponderance of evidence so whoever has the most evidence the most reliable evidence uh, that, that that's how that case is decided in a criminal case the state or the government must present evidence that's beyond a reasonable doubt not that there can't be doubt but a reasonable person must must be beyond that reasonable doubt you must you must Present that there must be a verdict or a judgment then granted. But as believers of in the of the Most High God, we know we're guilty. That for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one, is what the Word of God tells us. So we know in advance what our verdict is. But what we also know, brother Brad, is the fact that no matter what, we already know that God is good. We already know that He is with me. We already know that He has forgiven me. We already know that we're more than conquerors, and we can. And do all things through christ we already know this and even though david walked and sometimes his steps were not very timely or very ordered or did look kind of much of a distraction we know david started out as the, the he was the son of, uh, of the brother of seven he was the youngest of seven brothers we know he had at least two sisters and we know based on history at the age of 10, between the ages of 10 and 13, he was anointed the king of Israel. You know the story of how the man of God came to the house of Jesse, told his daddy that he was going, the next king was going to come from his household. And David wasn't even in the, considered in the lineup. Jesse grabbed all his sons and said, oh, the man of God's coming and, and one of y'all is going to be the next king. Because Saul was a total failure. And... Um, and the man of God went through the list, and finally he says, none of these are the next king. Um, you have another son? He said, well, yeah, I got David. And so he, daddy didn't even care enough to bring Jesse in. I mean, or, or Jesse didn't even care enough to bring David in uh, from the fields. So when he brought David in, the king, the, the prophet said, this is our next king. And then we hear the story, we know the story how he was, uh, Jesse said here take this food to your brothers they're out in battle. He he was actually an Uber driver. He said here gather this food and and take it out to to your brothers and got out there and he saw Goliath making fun of God's people and kings and David said who is this uncircumcised Philistine and his brothers said would you shut up and just give us the food dad sent for you. And he ends up killing date he ends up killing Goliath and so we know from that point, though, there was about a 15 to 20 year gap from the time that he was anointed to be king to till the time that he actually got appointed. We know that King David wrote a. Of, of, we know for sure he wrote 73 of the of the 150 psalms, but most theologians and historians believe he actually wrote 125 just based on the context and the writing. And we know as he was running from Saul, running from the anointing, running from that calling, taking steps, it appeared he was taking steps from what God had called him to do. And he was running from King Saul for 15 to 20 years. And he would write this as he was running from Saul and he'd say, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My Flesh faints for you in this dry and weary land where there is no water. He was in the desert running. He was actually in the land of the Philistines as he was running away from what God had anointed him to do. And, and, and he was waiting for God's timing. He was waiting for that step. So I've looked upon you in the sanctuary when David was when he was in fellowship and was able to go to the tabernacle. He beheld he I beheld your glory and your power, because your steadfastness is better than life. My lips will praise you. I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. This is why David could speak about his steps being ordered. He wasn't just a shepherd boy. He wasn't just a failure, an adulterer, a murderer. He wasn't just the king. He was; His steps were ordered. He knew and he delighted in each step he took. Notice what he says here. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delighteth in his way. He meaning who? God? Of course God's going to delight in his way and in his orders. That's not what the text says. It says the steps of man are ordered the Lord and he, he, David, delighteth. In his way. Your steps are ordered today. And if you will delight in his way, if you will follow his way, if you will follow his orders, you'll have joy, you'll have peace, you'll have happiness. The problem with Saul, we noticed, is he believed in the sovereignty of God. He watched the hand of God defeat enemies. But Saul's problem was he didn't believe in submission and obedience. And that's the problem with a lot of believers today, was we got the sovereignty of God part. We know Jesus is a savior. We just don't know him as Lord. We know him that he is God and he, is, and he did provide a way for us, but we don't believe in submission and obedience. And if you don't believe in submission and obedience in your life, in your walk with Jesus, you're not living by faith. You're living in a fairy tale. Somebody said amen. amen. Consider the steps that were ordered. His steps were ordered. As a judge, I, I give orders. Uh, in fact, if I'd have known, Brad, that I had to sign my name as many times as I have to, I would have made my signature much shorter. But I I, I sign, continually sign things. I sign writs of judgments. I sign writs of, of attachment. I sign writs of restoration, uh, writs of retrieval. I even I even sign writs of execution. Yeah, I do. It's, it sounds a lot cooler than it actually is, but... Um, I sign writs of execution executing my orders now I can tell you there are some people in my life that are glad that I don't sign the actual writ, uh, writ of execution uh, <laughs> I do give life sentences though I do had a couple here this morning uh, they wanted to get married 2 years ago so I gave them a life sentence pum <laughs> pum <laughs> but our steps are orders. we know for those of you in the military if you've ever been in the military your first responder police officer firefighter please raise your hand military first resp- look at this that's awesome thank you for your service they follow orders they their steps are ordered and we we know we know that when from the scriptures tells us that our steps of man are ordered of the lord and that We, if we will follow those orders, will delight in each step. In my 15 years of being with my beautiful wife, the two or three times that we've argued, more like the two or three times I was right. (laughs) I was a lot more liberal with this part in my notes when she wasn't here at 8 uh, (laughs) o'clock. But it happened because something wasn't in order. I wasn't willing to hear What she was saying, I wasn't listening. I wasn't showing empathy. We noticed through David's life that his steps were, when they were in order, the flow and the anointing happened when when his steps were in order, when he was in submission and obedience. Now, keep in mind, God is not going to make you take the next step. He's not going to make you do that. He says the steps of man are ordered of the Lord, and he, me, delights in each step, but I have to take the step. He's not going to make you, and the, and the other thing, he's, he's not going to take the step for you. You have to submit to God's way, and if you submit to God's way, you automatically have God's will. In my 30 years of ministry, 40 now, dealing with couples and problems, and one of the first things I would ask them is, uh, let me see your checkbook. Now, people don't have checkbooks anymore. Now you'd have to say, let me see your online banking statement open up your app and you can look at somebody's financial statement why and know right where they're at and get a get a pulse for what's going on because what does the bible say where your treasure is there is your heart also so a lot of times in my in my personal life when i i I, most of the time i had the money i need but the problem was it wasn't in order and it's because God is not really first in our priorities. If, 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 if your kids playing softball is more important than you them to your church, things are out of order. If you paying arena fees are more important than supporting your church and the ministry of this church, things are out of order. As a nation, things are out of order. We have religious and racial and political tension in America because our next steps are out of order. It's because when things get out of order is when everything's happened and we know God does things in steps and stages. He does things in steps and stages. And we needed to correct our steps. Man, that's the first time I, oh, there we go. This is so anointed, the angels are already playing harps. We're about to take the next step. (laughs) Amen. But as we read this text, we know that our steps are ordered. And those orders, those steps mean sometimes if I'm going down and I get there, David was a great king because he started out as a shepherd. Saul failed because Saul didn't know what it was to be a shepherd. And God knows step one, step two, step three. God knows that. And when we get in trouble, when we get things out of order is when we start trying to skip steps. And when we do that, we, we fall. But the next text of that verse says, though he fall, though he stumble, I'm going to be in the sovereignty of his hand. So it doesn't matter how good I am, or how spiritual I am, but just that I recognize and submit and obediently to God's steps and stages. Amen. 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 The Lord makes firm the steps of one. And though he stumble, he will not fall for the Lord upholds him in his hand. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what step you're on. There's maybe somebody watching online. You, you may be stuck on a step. Maybe, maybe you, you think you should be going up and you're actually going down. Let me ask you a question. Are all your steps ordered of God or just the ones you like? Went into the doctor for a kidney stone and left with terminal cancer. I didn't expect that step. Been betrayed by people that I love. I didn't expect that step. Been hurt. I've had family members die from addiction. I I didn't expect that step. There's people hurting here. We know there's thousands of people will see this message because of the great work that Randy and Darla are doing in this nation around the world your services are seen by thousands and we know God does things in steps and stages and we know if all of our steps are ordered we know even if we get stuck we know and how do we know because David's life is a shining example of what the next step always looks like Second Samuel chapter 2, it says, "In the course of time in the course of time, David inquired of the Lord, and this was after Saul had died. He had been running, like we said, 15 to 20 years from Saul actually trying to kill him and him being the appointed king. And it says he inqu- "In the course of time, he, David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up to the town of Judah?" He asked, and the Lord said, go up. And David said, well, where shall I go? And he said, go to Hebron. So David went up there. And there the men of Judah came from Hebron. And they anointed King David to be king over Judah. It took seven years, even from that point, before he would actually be the king of all of Israel. Because he was just taking each step. He knew his steps were were ordered. He knew that he had fall and he'd fail and fall, but he knew his steps were ordered. Whether he was going up or going down, whether he was going to the calling or away from it. He knew his steps were ordered. Amen. Amen. David seen God move on his behalf because he was willing to face giants of failure. He was willing to let God Touch him. He was willing to trust him. He's willing to trust him. You're here today, maybe you've never done that. Maybe you know that Jesus is Lord, but you've never trusted him. You've never obeyed where he said, Receive me. Maybe, maybe, maybe your marriage is struggling today. Maybe you have a relationship or some dynamic at work going on. Look and see first are you being obedient? Are you being submissive? Are you delighting in the way? Are you delighting in that order, that step that God has provided? God has a plan and he does all things well. And if there's something chaotic, if you look close into your heart and mind, it may be because something is out of order. Amen. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to be Lord of your life, would you please raise your hand? We want to give you a Bible never asked jesus into your life would you raise your hand would you've never you've never done that would you please raise your hand amen let's all stand hallelujah 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 lord you see every soul that's here you see everyone that's watching online lord you see every step we make you see everything that we do God you see where we're at as a nation so in Jesus name right now we come before you father and we ask almighty God that we would bring submission obedience to our life that we would believe on you as the scripture has said and from our bellies would flow rivers of living water so God we ask not only do we we ask you in our life and believe but we would also repent and that we would also in, allow you to direct us. Would you please, oh God, in Jesus' name, would you, Lord, help us to be obedient to your word. Help us to put things first. Not, not to put things, give you our, our last, but give you our best. That we'd put everything into our marriage, everything into our relationship with you, everything into our relationships with others, everything in our finances would be in order, God. That we would we would put you first in everything, Jesus. We thank you and we praise you for this, Lord. We thank you and praise you for this. If you're here today and you need a special prayer, would you just nobody looking? Just raise your hand. I I I need something. I need more. I have a need in my life right now. I need a. I need a. I need something. I, my steps are out of order. There's some things that I need. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to pull anybody to the front. But as the spirit of, of of the Lord is moving here, you need something from God today. Would you just raise your hand, Father? You see every hand. You see every need. Whatever that is, Lord, we speak your purpose, your provision, your power, and your plan into that, those lives, that we would turn to your word, God. You see every heart, every need, Lord. We just commit this to you, Lord, and we give you the glory for answering the prayer, Lord. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Bread.
1: amen thank you so much for being here today let's bow your heads and let's pray a a prayer of dismissal lord thank you for your church thank you for these lovely people who made the commitment to be in your house today bless them lord be with them as they're with their family and celebrate this great independence day tomorrow we pray that you'll be with everyone as they travel uh, to Their friends, their family, to lunch, wherever they're going, that you'll keep your hand of safety upon them. For all of our uh, folks that are online today, for our uh, folks in Tennessee who are watching today, for everyone that is watching online, we pray blessing over them as well. We are so grateful today, Lord, that you're here, that you love us, that you care for us, and we are so thankful. We're so thankful for the things you're doing in our life, and we commit to you to take that next step. We pray these things in your awesome name. And God's church said, Amen. amen. Be safe. Have a great weekend. We love you, folks. We'll see you next week.